Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of Honest to a Malt with myself, Duncan, Mike, and this week we've got a special guest, our first ever guest, we're very excited, and that is Matt Mackay, aka The Dramble. And now it's time for the main event of the podcast, presenting a man dramming out of Pinner in the UK, holding a professional whiskey record, the reigning Dunfell Director of Whiskey Creation and Outreach, and current Bimba Director of Marketing and Communications, a titan whose hair is business up front and party at the back. He's never met the rocket man, Elton John, one-time competition winner for painting tiny things, the undisputed... Hunter of decent horror flicks, and still known affectionately as the Dramble, Matt McCoy! And Mike, what is the episode's name today? Let's get ready to Dramble. Genius. <laughs> Not How a play, you can't sue us, it's just completely unique and we've just come up with it just now. Plus, Matt, we reserve the right to um, to to change your voice through uh, technology afterwards, so you sound a bit like Joe Pasquale, or put a Geordie accent on, just as yeah, in with the title of the track. So, um, welcome. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, top stuff is in the, in the spirit of it. So, Matt, it'd be really nice um, if you want to introduce yourself for um, people that, um, uh, that aren't aware, don't know who they are. They probably live in a cave somewhere. But please introduce yourself um, for, for listeners. Sure. Uh, hi, Duncan. Hi, Mike. It's great to be here on with you. Uh, I'm honored to be your first ever guest. Um, I can't <laughs> believe you guys haven't had a guest and you've chosen me. So uh, I'll have to try and live up to that. Um, hello to listeners. I'm Matt Mackay. I work for Bimba Distillery in London and Dumbfell Distillery in Speyside in Scotland. That is due to open in the next few weeks so busy busy um those of you who do know me probably know me as the dramble uh we might get into why i am called the dramble there is a bit of a uh, an amusing story about that um yeah so i i started a whiskey website years ago um i don't write it as much as i really want to or should do i'm a bit busy with Building a distillery. Real whiskey work, I guess. Building a distillery. Yeah, as you just do. working for two Yeah, just live yeah. stuff. Reading, reading, you know, <laughs> yeah, reading into, you know, entertainment magazines and feet up on the coffee table, that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it's easy, easy. I don't do anything all day. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that, that website got fairly popular and that brought me to the attention of Bimba. Uh, long story short, I ended up doing a gig for them. Uh, my background is in engineering and uh, biomedical PR been doing that for over 20 years and bimba offered me a job doing pr to combine my passion for whiskey um with my expertise for promotion and uh, nice. talking rubbish um, <laughs> you're fitting well to look... <laughs> exactly it's easy what have you let yourself <laughs> in for today matt coming on coming on this one we sent you over rubbish. the topics and you were like what are we doing <laughs> thanks for being um, game yeah. appreciate it i i'm, I'm always game I'm always game until I'm not. Um, yeah, and long story short, I uh, I helped them launch the Bimba the First. It went well, and so um, for a few years, I, I did the biomedical PR gig alongside Bimba, and then with the advent of opening Dumbfail, it was time for them to say, actually, Matt, there's quite a lot of work to do. How would you like to earn a lot less money than you used to? <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, doing a real job um, and come and work for two distilleries at the same time. 
and joking aside about the the loss of income um yeah i absolutely jumped at the chance complete completely re reinvented uh what i'm intending to do with my life uh, oh my for God. the next part of my career yeah it's a pretty really brave cool, move though. fair play yeah, it's brave not many people would do that like jump from something uh safe that they know uh, that they've been yeah. doing to something uh radically new for them right yeah and making it come off so well to be fair yeah Good shout. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was to not dig too deep into it because this is a light entertainment show. Plus, um, we are it, not, it, we're not psycho psychiatrists uh, or anything like that. So I'll have there you go. I'll so, have go. Uh, all, all, all I'll say is I, I needed to do it for my mental health. Fair. Just, just to, you know, it, my mental health career-wise, you know, yeah. not day-to-day, -day, but just in terms of feeling like I, I was doing something that I loved, that I was working on something that i passionately believed in um and so yeah moving into whiskey i, I absolutely never intended to do it i was just going to witter on the internet write some stuff about this hopefully provoke some discussion and then all of a sudden okay yeah um let's <laughs> yeah. let's so you're living the sort my of money, cliche money now where that you know yeah. if you enjoy your job it's never really work so you are there that's kind of where you yeah. are now. that's it they always say that don't they say if you if you enjoy what you do you'll never work a day in your life right yeah, so it's to, 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 total rubbish. Work is work. Um, work but, is work. But if you can wake up in the morning and at least feel excited and believe yeah. in what you do and be yeah. excited for your day ahead, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a win, right? Mega. So, um, why um, uh, we should do uh, what's in your glass? Yes, I think Mike, it's your turn to. Uh... I was going to say so. Um... Quick one. Normally, it's obviously just me and Duncan, but I'll jump straight over to the guest and I'll say, Matt, what is in your glass? Let's get ready to dramble. Let's get ready, ready. Let's get ready, ready. Let's get ready to dramble. Hear us drink your dram. Hear us chat me drams. Hear us chat to Matt. Dramble. Well, Mike, in my glass, I've pulled down a heel. Um, this is a heel of Loch Lomond. Nice. It was bottled in July of 2020. Uh, this is a single cast release. This is uh, the UK Championship at the Belfry First Fill Tawny Port Heated Ooh. release of 312 bottles Oof. at 53.4%. Uh, so, yeah, Peated, pe peated, peated port. port. That got past peated me. Port. Love Peated yeah. Port. How's it going? How's it, what's it like? I'd say it's decent. Um, I wouldn't say that you're going to cry for missing it. It's a nice one. Um, but but with my reviewer hat on, I'd say I have had both better Loch Lomans and better Peter Ports in my time. But I don't I don't regret buying it. It's it's tasty enough. Happy days. Yeah. Duncan, Ciao. what are you uh, what are you sipping down on? Um, I'm having a second pour. Oh, by the way, heel Matt. When you said heel, obviously heel of the yeah. bottle. It made me heel think of the of, bottle. Yeah, it made me think because I was I saw this week uh, the um, the the Undertaker was in the news saying that uh, Conor McGregor should uh, should become the greatest ever heel in wrestling, um, <laughs> and it made me think when you said heel, I was like, oh oh yeah, heel heel of the bottom of the bottle, right? <laughs> um, here I'm drinking uh, the Batiki Whiskey Company single malt uh, Swiss malt, and it's that Santis Distillery one that I opened up from auction. Oh yes. Um, yeah. What do you think yeah, of that? I've was it that. as good I think as I've had that one? I remember. Um, yeah, so um, it's it's fifty one point four percent. It's ten years old, um, and um, there was nine hundred and sixteen bottles of it, uh, fifty sil. Um, it's 
it's some it's it's quite kind of um herbal and earthy um with some sweetness and it's more herbal and earthy really on the nose you say it's like it's a jumped quite, up jägermeister yeah it's, it's it's a lot of balance between like like the herbal and sweetness the herbalness the sweetness the earthiness so it's actually quite straight it's quite um i've not had a single malt not have many single malts in the same ballpark as it mm. really to be fair so in that sense very interesting um I might have like sort of just jaded memories because I was well on the way when I tried it in Milroy's and uh, yeah, I just remember it being fantastic. So I think they probably could have bells in front of me at that point and I would <laughs> It's definitely got kind of like licorice herbal notes. It's quite syrupy on the palate. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's it's pretty interesting. Like um, I'm glad I got a bottle. To be fair though, I did get it from auction as we said before um, at quite a substantial discount. So I think it was £40 plus fees. So can't go wrong. No. For that. Uh Mike. Um, so as Matt's here, obviously naturally I've pulled out a bimba. You absolute suck up. Yes, oh. gotta be. I'm drinking out of a bimba oh. glass. I've got bimba pants on, bimba socks, bimba top. Um, no, bimba so pants. I've got the uh are technically called bumba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You need to sell those in the shop. Um, it is the oh Southport Whiskey uh, Club Winter Whiskey Festival release, if I can say it all in one go. And it's a fully Amontillado matured bottling. I think there was uh, 114 of them. And it's uh, 57.5%. And uh, Yes, it is lovely. And I've got a little dram of uh, Amontillado sherry alongside it as well. So I'm sort of just going back and forth. Um yeah, Very one of the really good releases that Bimber have done. You did a fair few with uh, Southport Whiskey Club, haven't you? Yeah, we've really supported their festival. Um, they've been really supportive of us. Um, they've shown us a lot of love. And yeah, it's an event that we... It's often me. Um, I get out on the road. It's not always me behind the stand. Um, we've got a little team of people. Um, but Southport, I know those guys well. So it's a, an event that we do a bottling for. And then I'll get behind the stand and... Yeah. pour some whiskeys for that lot you usually I, I think the last one was was crazy it was the beginning of the year and it was in the coldest tent i've ever been in <laughs> right it was, it was oh it was it was a good festival i was busy really excited people coming to see me and then when everyone left i i, I couldn't even feel my legs you need to get those electric Arctic. electric undergarments that you wear yes yeah, get yourself plugged in. Well, they, you know, it, electrolyzed Bumba. Yeah, this, yeah, I was going to say there's two additions to the Bimba's uh, Bumba range. <laughs> yes, <laughs> electric. No one else is doing electric undergarments in whiskey. I no. guarantee you that. I mean, no. it, no get in it, no get in it. It's a captive market. Yeah, but you, in, you've recruited a northerner now, haven't you, to deal with all the cold events? You've got Simon. Is he doing stuff for you? Yeah, Simon, uh, the whiskey novice, is uh, he's he's great. He he knows our range better than uh, better than anybody. Uh, when you look at his crazy whiskey spreadsheet and see how many bimbers he's he's actually tried, uh, I, I I don't think anyone outside of the distillery has tried more bimber than that than that lad. Um, so no, he does a great job, and yeah, just because he's uh, a little a little bit less. A little bit less busy. Um, not yeah. to say he's not busy, but less less busy than me, and a little bit more centrally based. Yeah, he helps us out. Nice, it's fantastic. It just looks like he's always on holiday to me. Yeah, right. The guy's on holiday permanently. It's so quality. I think you can say less busy. You can say less busy legitimately without that being a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's also living that life. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I didn't realize he he was a bit of a, a spreadsheet fan. I had no idea. 
Yeah, ev ev everyone's been uh, corrupted by malt musings. Everyone. <laughs> no, not us. Not us. It's, we're like, um, good, good for we're you. Like, we're yeah. like the Faraday room of whiskey uh, enjoyment. Nothing gets inside our <laughs> our uh, our boxed off experience. Yeah, yeah. It, we yeah, we're, we're not being corrupted by that. Um, so you mentioned um, about how you got to be called the Dramble, and I feel like you yep. should say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, unless it's like a ten-hour story, in which case might no, be it's, loads it's... of editing. <laughs> it's it's um it's not a funny story in itself but it's it, it does have oh. a funny story related it so you stole some you stole uh, someone's identity during uh <laughs> during some sort of no uh, if you look online you'll find various people who have created a, a cocktail called the dramble um ah, right no uh, uh so the dramble was preceded by uh and still is dramble so omitting the the and that is the name of uh, the whiskey club that I run out of my house bar each month. Oh, right. Um, oh. Can get about get about sixteen people in there. Um, not all of them are dedicated whiskey geeks. A lot of them are dabblers. So it's 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 a great great fun to uh, be educational, um, but also to relax on a Friday night with friends. Anyway, oh, bro. So the fun, okay. the, the funny. The, so so that's where it came from. So when I created the website, I was like, what, what am I going to call it? I'll just stick a I'll stick I'll stick a prefix on the front of it. It'll just be Vert Dramble. Great. Oh, um, I had but no first... idea you did yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know. So that's yeah. that still runs. Uh, it's been running many years. But the the first ever club meeting, um, I I hadn't run a whiskey club um, before then. Um, it was just a case of right, what do we do? Okay, everybody, bring a bottle and we'll all taste them together and see what we think. Um, we'll do some voting and other such whiskey club stuff. So we did all that, and it was great. Uh, I think we had about about 10, 12 people for the first club meeting. And everyone was really excited and enjoying their whiskeys. And it got to, there was about three of us left, and it was about three, four in the morning at that point. The tasting had finished <laughs> six hours ago. And at that point, we're like, right, I think it's bedtime now. So went up, curled up in bed next to my wife. <laughs> at some time later, I have no idea where I was, who I was, or what planet I was on, a voice next to me said, what are you doing in my bed, man? <laughs> and I looked. All right. and, I was, and I was in my bed next to my wife, but I was sandwiched between my wife <laughs> and one, one of my dramblers, <laughs> and he was in the wrong bed. Oh, I love it. Okay. And and then he compounded this by saying, "Oh, oh, I'm desperately sorry. I thought I was at home, and I I, I wandered <laughs> off the bathroom, and I appear to have got into bed with you." And um, your wife. And, and two things. This sounds like the and greatest cover-up story of all time. Yeah. This is very know, elaborate. This is a very elaborate. Everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Every time anyone gets so, asked it, I bet you can tell the story in reverse. <laughs> I, so so two two particular things of note. One, he compounded it by saying. Uh, I, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I'm also completely butt naked, which, which added to it. Um, but the other thing was, I honestly think, guys, he'd been there for hours, and, <laughs> and I hadn't noticed that this. Oh, dearie me! Yeah, I'm, I'm going to describe him as a larger bloke back then. Uh, this larger bloke is snuggled up next to me, and yeah, I, I didn't notice at all. This is so, the closest. This is the closest <laughs> we've come to filth on the pod. I'll just so you I love know, it. this is we've never got this. this yeah, you've really, you've really dragged the tone people. down. You've really dragged it down. <laughs> Mike said to me, let's get a highbrow guest to start off with. Let's get somebody really sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you talking to me for? Oh, I love it. Oh, that dear. Quality. So, 
that's a great story. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah. Um, so what I thought we'd do is just do a wee bit of whiskey bingo. It's probably not strictly speaking bingo. Um, basically whiskey buzzword bingo. So what I'm going to ask is you and Mike to write down just three of the you think the most overused, most annoying whiskey uh, marketing buzzwords, right? Ooh, and then okay. we'll see if you guys have gone for the same or different. Let's do one at a time. Yeah. So in the unveil, Mike, you're going to say one. Yeah. Matt, you say if you've got the same one or not. Um, and if you've got the same word, then it's bingo. It's not strictly speaking bingo, but that's what I to think of. <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> right, It'd be ready? more bingo if you guys dressed up as... Um, X and O's? Uh, no, that's... Not I was going to say older ladies, but I guess everyone goes to bingo <laughs> these days. Anyway, Mike, you go first. So I've gone with the most overused uh, word, smooth. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a classic hallmark of proper 12. Which technically, there's nothing wrong with it in the right context, but I just feel like it's used everywhere for the wrong purposes. So it's marketing rubbish. And um, Matt, did you also go for smooth or have you gone for something else? I've gone for something else. Okay. All right. So what was your... What was your top one then? So my top pick is limited. Yes. Oh. I've thrown my pen down in anger because that's so you both obvious. hit my two my two most annoying things is limited edition or limited uh, right, run and smooth. They're the two words. I think they're probably the only two that really, really annoy me because. Uh, right. <laughs> so, Mike, what have you got next? Terroir. <laughs> <laughs> and matt did you also have terroir i don't but i have a play on it oh, what on. have you gone for uh, i've got transparency oh all oh, right okay <laughs> this one grain of barley lived inside a, uh, a little sheath of 20 others they were all named individually they grew up in a field in norwich and uh yeah they were watered twice a day i can tell you exactly what time they were watered mm. bull yeah <laughs> It was mountain spring water, and um, they've lived a lovely life. Yeah, yeah. You might be moving right. on. To, you might be moving on to my next word there. That was a nice little link. Go on then. What's your uh, what's your what's your what's well, your my next word? Then? Is the I've gone with. It's kind of a play, but the natural water supply. Right, Matt's nodding now. No, but if Matt nods, so far that's meant that he agrees, but hasn't written it down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Bimba has a real thing that uh, we like to debunk what water is all about when it comes to whiskey, and it's a, a massive discussion point uh, to the point where we 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 get our all our water from the Thames. Um, yeah. Water, water does affect things. Um, the minerality of the water will affect your ferment, mm. but a lot of people, uh, fellow marketeers, should I say? dumb it down to say the flavor of the water affects the flavor of the whiskey and it's just not strictly true the minerality of the water affects the potential flavor of the whiskey yeah, right um yeah. i think it i might you might have told me that on a tour at bimbo i did a while back and i think it is it all probably all water is reduced to essentially zero content so it's all regardless of company that's distilling all water that goes into the initial sort of fermentation process and things like that is identical because it's chemically reduced or scientifically reduced to nothing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout. 
that's a good shout. Yeah, there, there is quite a lot of processing that goes on. I mean, certainly when it comes to um, reduction uh, in ABV, then it's possible water, and then it is mm. absolutely neutral, absolutely identical. But yeah, you can't just take rainwater. Uh, yes. You know, you, you can take water where you like, but it needs to go through uh, reverse osmosis at the very minimum to, to be ready to be used. So yeah, there's lots of things you can say about water, um, but the flavour of water, in my opinion, is misleading. Yeah, but no, right. I was just nodding because I was agreeing with Mike. I don't, I don't have it so on if my you, list. If you two were reflecting, then I've already said that the, the two words that most. Um, I want to know Matt's third. Li- What's Matt's third? Oh yeah, yeah, I got got one more. Go um, on. So my one, my one's a bit more esoteric, um, and it's one that I personally don't like. Uh, it's experiential. Experiential. Oh, yeah. is that the, the experience? I don't even know what that is. Of that... well, anything. Uh, it's it's just when basically um, any type of company, but we'll talk about whiskey companies, uh, whiskey company has got something for you yeah. to look at or touch or smell. And, and it's about the, the experience, the experiential. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it normally just means watch the video and have a drink. Yeah, yeah. I can I can think of a, I can think of a, a very big company that, that takes that tact. Yeah. <laughs> okay that makes sense and which like of them is there any others you want to add like you said you had more than three i got loads pick out, um, pick out a couple of the other ones that really uh grind on you just get it off your chest i mean we've already established yeah, this we're here to listen to, to you. you yeah it's fine sure oh thanks uh special c limited <laughs> special okay. special slash limited edition yeah that's yeah that's extra weird. extra oh extra aged Extra aged, extra flavor, extra matured, extra special. You can add extra to any of the extra experiential. Start linking um, them together, an experiential it, experience of smooth, extra flavored whiskey <laughs> with, with water. With, yeah. From, with, a, yeah. from a unique terroir. With special water. Alongside a yep. natural flowing waterfall. Truly transparent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. um, yeah, go for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, engagement. Mm. Yeah, engagement's generally an annoying word anyway, I think, sometimes. It's, it just doesn't mean... I mean, basically, people have a chat to someone and they're yeah. engaging. I feel like um, it kind of, it, you can engage talk- in a night... You can engage in good and bad ways. Yeah, I was going to say, those, uh, it, the buzzwords kind of drop off once we get into the sort of the world of certainly independence and single malts um, like yourselves, locally made. Um yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's it's the problem is is that you you are as a marketeer, you are trying to make something appealing, and you're trying to sell something. Yeah. And as much as there are plenty of people on uh, whiskey social media who are saying, "Oh, it, it need whiskey marketing should be a certain way," and I understand what they're saying. Actually, whiskey marketers do know what they're doing, and although we all get annoyed by what they're doing. The proof is in the pudding, and it works, yeah. and bottles of whiskey sell. So, mm. you know, it's one thing saying, I'm upset with this. This, this isn't realistic. It's it's a bit it's a bit bullshitty. That's fine. It's yeah. another thing saying it's wrong. Uh, I would argue that it's not. Oh, yeah, we're not saying it's wrong. We're just saying maybe oh, things so, that you... No, I'm not saying about yeah. you guys, but yeah. there, there are... I, I've, I've had some Twitter discussions where... <laughs> Uh, I've said, look, it doesn't work this way. And I've been told, well, it does. And I'm like, well, okay, that's... <laughs> it does. I'm telling you. Yeah. You're like, it's my job, but sure, whatever, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. You, people people need to flip it around. So we're going to, uh, we're going to, um, uh, Dragon's Den pitch to you uh, in a moment. And um, <laughs> you've already, you're already getting me, getting me thinking. Um, 
What about if it was, it's not smooth. Our single malt is not smooth because you feel it, right? Like oh. at some point, some people are going to go the other way. Some, yeah. some people will go it's the other smooth, way. It's not smooth, it's rugged. It's taking yeah. you on a journey. You're going yeah, rock exactly. climbing. Rough roads. Oh, yeah. I, th I think Duncan's already done it. He's come yeah. up with the, the buzzword, and it's uh, the buzz phrase, and it's because you feel it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Boom. Bum, bumba underpants. It's because yeah. you feel it. <laughs> right. I was going to go for I was going to go for meths, but same thing. <laughs> meths because you feel it. Because yeah. you need it. <laughs> yeah. What are you getting? On? Hey, what are you getting on the nose there? <laughs> oh. Burn. It's a it's a bit overwhelming. <laughs> um, so, um, have you ever watched uh, Dragon's Den? Or in other countries, it would probably be called something like Sharks Tank or whatever. Have you ever watched Dragon's Den, Matt? Yes. All right. So which dragon would you like to be today? Uh, I'm going to be retail magnet Pheopophetus. One of the old school ones. Yeah. Okay. All right. I must well, change my tack now. I know that. Yeah. Rejig my figures. He's in. Could you think I was going to be Peter Jones? Standard Waitrose. You know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's, he's tech. He's tech though. He's tech. Well, he's a lot of things, isn't he? Yeah. You, we thought, I suspected you might be Deborah Meaden, but obviously I was wrong. I <laughs> only on only on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. Hey, she's out of, out of everybody. She's the person that's most environmentally conscious and all that kind of stuff. You know. Is she? So, um, yeah, a hundred percent. I think so. Yeah, she's really into um, the environment and that. Well, considerate package packaging and yeah. Anyway, mm. so what I'm going to do, Matt, words. is yeah. I'm going to um, describe us coming out, describe us uh, coming up because obviously you can't watch it on TV. It's not really happening. Um, and then we're going to do um, a short pitch for you and, um, you know, let's see if we can we can get your um, investment money. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm just looking for some money to invest, but, <laughs> but I'm ready. It's just pretend it's not real. We're not, we're not, we're, <laughs> this is it. and you're, it's I'm, not, con it's not contractually binding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That, that is real that is reassuring we're going to come out of this I, owning Dunfell. <laughs> I, I, I don't think a lot of them are contractually binding I, i've often wondered why they don't all just put the money in because then they find a way to get out of it afterwards if i you know you could just they could just invest in every single one and then find a way to get out of it afterwards um, well, probably because that would make terrible television <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm not on tv that's why i'm not a tv producer all right so we're coming up the lift uh into the uh the studio imagine the, the the music playing yeah slightly sweaty foreheads this is a big deal to us we've worked our whole lives towards this moment now um mike is wearing um blue faded jeans converse uh all stars he's got a um a blonde uh fake beard on which for reasons i don't understand and he's wearing uh red uh, red tinted sunglasses i'm wearing a suit because i'm taking it seriously so we come up and the doors open and we come out and obviously you're sat there with a pile of money. So we are here today, Matt, to pitch to you our new independent bottler business called the Funk of Funk Bottling Company. We would like to show you our products and talk to you about why we're going to make a lot of money. My, my name is Duncan and this is my business partner, Mike. Hello, I'm Mike. Thanks, Mike. It's great. We're, um, we're making good progress here. So all of our bottles, we unveil them for you to see. Um, they all have different uh, labels on them. And this is our first range, our launch range. And each label is around the theme of flipping. So one has a picture of somebody flipping burgers on it. The other one has dolphins on it. Everything's to do with flipping. All of them 
are uh, there. <laughs> what I I'm not sure why you're laughing there, Matt. So, <laughs> it's this is serious. This is life changing for us. This could flip my life on its head. All of our bottles are from Dunnage warehouses. None of them finishes it. They're all full maturations. Uh, we've got a range of eight, and we're here to ask for 1.64 million uh, Venezuela, Bolivia, something, 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 uh, which is about fifty thousand uh, pounds. Uh, what would you like to know about our business? Okay, so you you want quite a large amount of monopoly money well, yes. for one percent of the company. Just to be clear, one percent. Just of the for one percent. One percent. Yeah, yeah, one percent. Yeah, one percent. On future okay. value. Future value. Not now. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll come to your balance sheets in a minute. <laughs> uh, thank you for introducing the concept. Um, you do look a little bit different. One one of you looks like you're taking it seriously. The other one looks like they're about to go off to Benidorm. But, but we'll move past that. <laughs> Um, so wh- why have you created a series of, of whiskies around the concept of, of flipping things? Do, just, do you just like tiddlywinks? <laughs> That's, it's funny you should mention that. It's, um, we did come up with the idea whilst we were playing board games. Um, well, um, it just seems to be that uh, we thought we would take a tongue-in-cheek look at the, uh, the bottling market and we, we, we were, uh, we're going to get hold of um, some very high-end uh, desirable whiskey. We haven't got hold of it yet, to be clear, but we're going to get hold of some very high-end <laughs> desirable whiskey. So what we've done is we've already designed the bottles um, yeah. so that you can see what the whiskey's going to go into. Which I feel that's half the battle, just getting a half good the design. Just getting the glass, Artwork. getting done. the labels on there. Yeah, it's pretty much it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is part of the battle. Uh, do, do, do you boys think it's sensible to have done all the design and, and the conceptualization and the packaging b- before you've actually obtained definitely yeah we we've gone so far with the packaging that um we've yeah. actually decided we're going to put two labels in with each bottle because mm. to make sure bottles can't be flipped we're going to write the names of everyone that buys a bottle mm. on them just in case we've spelt it wrong we're going to include a second label they can stick over it and then write their own name or if That's they correct. you know just so they can't sell it on and write their own name you know just we're going to do two labels. we've We've already. You haven't asked us about the marketing campaign, so I'm, I'm just going to share. But the marketing campaign is predominantly focused around taking pictures of these bottles in trees. <laughs> it's just a lot of pictures of bottles in trees. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've done your research, and you obviously know about my productivity for uh, bottles up trees. <laughs> I'm a particular fan of Huge such fan. things. Oh, I did hear on the grapevine that that is something you particularly like for. So yeah, we have gone out and shot. Multi, I'd say I think it's two and a half thousand images in d- different trees each time, yeah. just so we can post a new photo every day with a different tree. And yeah. then we're going to use the hashtag bottle tree. That's, <laughs> that's how I see the future. We obviously we've got no no sales yet, and we're running at a loss currently. But um, yeah. I think um, are you you know what's the projections, Mike? It, well, lots it, of money, I suppose. It's projected that um, with your with your investment. Um, and the ability to use your name on the bottles uh, yeah. massively, we're going to we're really make doors for us and do a lot of the work, basically. Four billion is a conservative estimate of what we're going to make in the first month. That's in Venezuelan currency, yes. though, to be fair. So you have to divide that by yeah. something like around... I think it's 50 pounds. Yeah, probably. We, we're going to come out month one, 50 pounds. But then from there, it's that the sky the is the limit. So, okay. What are you thinking? You're going to invest? Okay. I am going to make you an offer. Good. I'm so nervous. I'm going to offer you 1% of the money. <laughs> yep. 
yeah, for one point eight billion percent of your business. Right. I see what you've done there. I'm going to ask mm. you to change it around because okay. I think you boys are onto something. Here. Yeah. But I think that with my help, we can flip the market around. Okay. Because no one has yet put a tree inside of a bottle. Oh, oh yeah. A tree inside a bottle, Matt. Great shout. Rather than putting bottles on the trees, we should put the trees inside the bottles. I can already see the marketing campaign with you too. We can get a, a tree and name it Joshua and shove them inside a bottle. People used to put ships inside bottles, didn't they? But I guess they've stopped that now. Or, or they made them bigger. That's less. why they didn't fit. That's true. And that's yeah. when people got bigger because people yeah. used to be smaller. Mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that, I'm getting the sense you're not going to get any investment here. I've just cracked open. Uh, I've just pulled myself a Springbank handfill. Thanks to Paul. And I think we should um, get on with asking you some proper questions. That would have been better if they did included a second label and then he didn't have to write Paul. He could have just put a sticker over it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking about um, just basically getting one of those white Tipex things. And then what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep Tipexing out and writing somebody else's name from social media on it and then just leave it in shots. <laughs> oh, so, just put yeah. Bert's medley. <laughs> yeah, just Bert, yeah, or whoever, like any people, and then just leave it in a shot and just see people go, hang on, was that, was that that person's it's been bottle? flipped. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have seen such things and I have recently seen some bottles uh, I don't know if it's you Duncan I think it might have been uh, someone put something to auction and they, they'd done the worst job of, of blotting out their name ever oh, yeah. you could still that. read it you could still read yeah. it very clearly through it it's like yeah. was that your, why bother was it your Peter or Paul it sounds like a Peter bible story Peter. No, that was Peter and this, bottle, this yeah. bottle was Paul and I'm trying to get I'm actually trying to complete the question I'm after John <laughs> and uh, any other Biblical names. Ah, we've got the Catholic collection. <laughs> I very provide you one with Math, Matthew on it. Yeah, yeah Matthew. I'm, I have very specific requirements when I'm shopping at auctions, <laughs> so uh, only certain named bottles will do. Oh, love it. <laughs> oh, dear me. Right, Matt, thanks for being a uh, good sport there. Uh, that, that's appreciated. Um, where to start with? We thought um, it would be nice to ask you uh, what um, what three whiskies you would have uh, behind a bar, a bar or a pub, if you had to pick three, but also... It would be lovely to hear what um, mezcal you would pick to have behind a bar of a pub, and also one of uh, one craft beer as well, um, because you're we'll throwing those in. Beer as well. Keep Don't you worry. on the edge. Just, just you know, no, it's so good. difficult it's to just good. pick a couple. But it's like if you were going to a pub and they were going to have three whiskies, one mezcal, and a craft beer, what would you love for them yeah. to have, and what would you love for other people to be able to try? So, I did give this a little bit of thought at least on the whiskies, when you invited me on. And I've really thought about it from what other people should try. So my answers are, I'm going to say really boring, unfortunately. That's all right. Uh, if you want to ask me what I want on a bar, that, that's a very different question. Uh, but answering your question, what free whiskies should be on a bar? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that the first whiskey should be Monkey Shoulder. Yes. Oh, you uh, said Monkey Shoulder as well, did uh, and and the and the main reason for that is simply um, the type of environment that it's being served in and the versatility of that whiskey. So, yeah. you know, I could have come on and said, right, I I think um, it should be a ultra cast strength niche independent bottling, yeah. you know, super industrially PT, the sort the sort of the sort of thing that I'll get my chops around on a yeah. on a Tuesday evening. Um, and that's going to sit on the shelf and everyone's going to hate it. So what you need is is whiskies in a bar, in a pub, 
that are are going to suit all different needs and different clienteles. And Monkey Shoulder, in my opinion, does that. It's mm. it's perfectly fine on its own. It's inoffensive. It's not going to set your world alight. Equally, stick it with a mixer. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. It's inoffensive. It's not going to set your world alight. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good it's choice, what you need. I think. It's a good choice. You need. So what are your other two, then? I would next move into the single single malt range, and I would go for Glen Morangy 10-year-old. Oh, all right. So I, yes, that's I'm, what my I'm, local I'm, has. I'm I'm picking whiskies that you will see in pubs because yeah. I think they should be there. And this will very much sort of juxtaposition against my third pick, um, which I'll reveal now and then talk about both of them. So my third pick is Lafroy 10-year-old. Ah. Um, and I just think as, you know, as a pub, bearing in mind that you're not appealing to, you know, the Twitterati or the whiskey nerds, you've got Glenmorangie 10-year-old, accessible, accessibly priced, light, it's Glenmorangie, so it's orangey. That's that's yeah. the way the cookie crumbles. Um, easy going. It, and then you've got Lafroig, which, yeah, the ABV is low. The bottle is accessible. But that flavor, um, whenever I meet people and they say, my first whiskey was Lafroig 10. I had it when I was 11 years old, and I've been a whiskey fan ever since. Mm. That's me. Are you sure? <laughs> really? I mean, I'm sure in a couple of odd cases that is true, but mm. I think for most people, it's quite it, intense. It's, it's, it's a very intense. It's intense. It's, it's yeah, very it's intense. intense. It's super intense. I actually, I remember being younger, and of all of the uh, Isla whiskies, it was the one that I found too intense. Right. And it I'm, was like, I'm the oddball then, clearly. <laughs> no, but I mean, you didn't start drinking whiskey until about six, seven years ago. You know, yeah, true. Some, some of us were, were drinking it with uh, with our with our dads. Um, yeah. You know and you know, our clueless dads, um, and just having a crack at anything. And just or legends. Going, this is, this is, there is a lot going on. This is a quite in your face, right? So I agree with Matt there. So, you know, for me, those three whiskies, they, in the context of whiskey nerdery, no one's going to get excited about any of them. But I would stand on my soapbox and tell you that those three in their own right are fantastic whiskies. They're also whiskies that if someone goes to the pub and they buy, they're not going to cost the world. Yeah. And if they want a bottle, they can easily get a bottle because they're available, and the mm. bottle's not going to cost the world. So, yeah, true. you know, it, it, it's it's a very different question if you said you're, you're in your dream whiskey bar. What free whiskies do you want? Yeah. That's an absolutely different question. But, yeah, down, yeah, not down dream the whiskey, pub, but if you were going to go, if you were going to, if you were going to pick one that you think, you know, if it was a whiskey Twitterati, pub right yeah, well, right. say, say there's a fourth dram in that pub so you've gone through like your monkey shoulder you got your glam you got lefroy there's yeah. one more to cater for more of a nerd what are you having yeah someone who's tried all the other three and likes a higher abv just just looking for a little bit more not going bonkers just a little bit whatever whatever yeah um so the next stage up if we're still in that same pub same clientele uh i would throw up highland park 18 on that bar Right. Ooh. Okay. So I want a little thought bit that. more, a little bit more age, a little bit more ABV. Mm. Again, not pushing into the realms of that's crazy. Um, and yeah, I can speak from some experience. You know, talking about the Dramble Whiskey Club, I, I've had people. Uh, oh, I like whiskey, Matt. Can I come along? Yes. <laughs> what do you know about whiskey? Answer: Very little. But yeah. you like a few whiskeys. Mm -hmm. What have you tried? Very little. Okay, try this. Yeah, I like it. Try this. Here's what I think is a really exciting, great whiskey. Head explodes. Too much. Too much on the palate. Too much ABV. Too much going on. Too left field. And yeah, I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm gutted. I think 
I think this is amazing, but but you that that person hasn't trained themselves, and you know you can't just come into whiskey and it, it's a mistake. I, I see a lot of people doing it. The amount mm. of people have come into whiskey in the last five years and in lockdown, mm. and they feel pressurized by going on social media and seeing what other people are doing, yeah. and they're missing out on the journey. The whole point for me yeah. of whiskey is the journey, the progression, and so they're diving in. They're going right. I've tried a thirty-year-old this. I've tried. I, 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 I don't think that they have the context to really to really put that in into that broad spectrum, and yeah, sometimes they end up working backwards it? and then go, "Oh, this isn't as good." Well, yeah, well, of course it's not. For me, it's been more like an exponential curve. I've been getting more and more into it over mm. over time. I remember we used to mostly drink tens, forty percent, forty three percent ABV for, for years, and then uh, a whole range of stuff. You know, like a space side either mostly space side Isla, a couple of odd Highland. Nothing mm. else really other than outside of Scotland uh, at the odd Japanese one. And um, and then when you get something like a Highland Park, I remember uh, one of my friends, Colin, shout out Colin, he got for his dad. Um, I think his dad tiled our bathroom at the time. So he got in like, a Highland Park 21. <laughs> nice. Trying that. Nice. And, yeah, just trying that at the time, just going, oh my goodness me, this is insane. Yeah. This is like Next a level. million yeah. times better yeah. than what we've been drinking. Like it's just a completely different ballpark so much going on in it compared to what we're used to and then I, I remember distinctly us discussing that and just going there's something in this expensive whiskey but then at the time we went we were only 24 we went back to drinking cheaper whiskey yeah right just being honest that's 16 years ago but that's what happened so I get what Matt's saying that's that magic moment that sort of Matt was referring to where you take that leap and go what it's like you mentioned at the um, uh, London the whiskey show where your mate tried the Kalila. Oh my God, mine was blown, yeah. Murray McDavid, and I said his eyes. Just, yeah, we had to call like, an ambulance for him. It was, it what was, uh, is that? Uh, yeah. Like you could see there, it was on it? his face, it was confusion, it was just joy. Also, it was, it was a Tokai, it was that Tokai cask and they can really, they can really make a whiskey sing. Right? And it's good, because you could see like the money just leaving his life because he's now just got into a really expensive habit. <laughs> no, he's not allowed to, he's not allowed is to. It, it's, well, he's gone straight back down to, uh, to earth. He? But he has that, well, I think he's probably been, He's probably had that moment removed from his memory um, by, by his other half. We'll just keep him planting it. Keep him planting it. Keep going. Back yeah. Just try. give Sam, send him samples in the post secretly. Well, he could have had six whiskey tasting glasses, but he gave me uh, <laughs> most of them back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, for uh, for our um, uh, one or two people that live in uh, in Mexico and everybody else that likes Mexico, mm. what, were you, what would you pick for a pub? Um, if you were going to pick them. A- sure. So again, it's a pub. So, you know, what, what I would pick would would vary um, in the same way that, you know, I've suggested Lefroig and Glen Morangie as opposed to other crazy things. So I would pick um, something from a bottler called um, Del Maggie. Um, they are a common mezcal bottler sourcing all sorts of different uh, maggies. Those right. are the, effectively the varieties of the agave plants mm-hmm. um, that are used for distillation. And they're commonly available everywhere. Um, a lot of the mezcal that I get is super small batch. Some of it's like one of 20 bottles. Really? Um, cra- yeah, really crazy. Because this tequila often is made on a big industrial scale using big cookers and you know loads of it. And it's yeah. only made from one one type of maguey, um, uh, Blue Weber. Um, so one plant. Yeah. Whereas mezcal is made from, I think, forty or fifty different different varieties, and it's often made in like basically out the back of people's houses. They dig a big clay pit. Yeah. They um, 
put the the penis, the hearts, the plants, the where where all the convertible sugars are. Hmm. They bury them under coals. That's where the, the smokiness comes from. It's not peat, it's coal. And yeah, they process it and they put it through their little stills. Sometimes the stills are uh, they're made of clay, uh, which adds a whole different dimension. And then they 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 go, look, look what I made, and and it's like a it's like four pints or something like that. And they that's stick it, it in, because they stick it in plastic next to the roadside. Yeah, I, yeah they stick it in plastic I, um, I, because because they're making it not commercially. They're making it f- for their community. So I want to I want to just share share a wee thing with you. So I, I I did a road trip around Mexico. I won't go into detail, but as part of that road trip, we were there for a few few weeks. I don't know three weeks. Did try quite a lot. But uh, I was ruined by, and this is similar to my experience of uh, Rakia in Serbia, I was ruined by basically drinking like, it must cost like $2, $2.50, like this bottle of roadside um, mezcal, and it was incredible. And um, after that, when I'm over here, I look at the prices and I go, how? It's very expensive because really, I know how good the stuff at the roadside was, right? Um, and I'm sure it's not all that good, but... It was exceptional. I mean, really exceptional. And we, we did try throughout the trip, you know, um, at bars and different places, um, uh, others. But that was probably the best one of the trip. And it was like $2.50 or $2 or something ridiculous. And yeah. I was just like, Pff. and the other thing is I can't drink tequila. I think it's from when I was younger and whatever. But the point is, I don't really like tequila, but I do really like mezcal. I think the the smoky element, uh, I might be incorrect, is actually something, it's an impurity to them. They don't want it in there. It's just in the form of, uh, in the process uh, of not, making not it. Necess- it's not, not necessarily. I mean, you will find that some mezcals are more smoky than others. Um, you will find that depending on the variety of uh, agave used, that the pairing of the agave the equipment used and the smokiness either presents it as more or less but but no i wouldn't say that they they see it as part it's simply part of the tradition it's mm. how it's processed right. uh, but no they, they 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 don't try to uh ferment or strip out that that smoky flavor um and and not all not all mezcals are that smoky um yeah. some of them are yeah they're, they're a bit charcoaly some of them it's it's barely there and and then the real natural distillate quality which which is why i got into mezcal really um i was doing my distillers qualifications and i, I thought hold on a minute i i know all about how to make this and i've only probably tried about four or five <laughs> and i've spent the last the last of three or so years rectifying that and trying an ungodly number i think the only one i've tried is um mezcal union uno um <laughs> i don't know if you've come across that one and there's so many i bought that and thought this is really good really like this yeah. and um told my mate about it and uh on my stag do in madrid every single bar just had it everywhere and i was like clearly i've bought the popular mezcal which is probably isn't great yeah. but he bought so much of it in shots i can't drink it anymore <laughs> so I've got I'm not the, sure it's, it's a sipping drink. Yeah, it's a sipping drink. He's ruined it for me. So yeah, it's a drink to sip and enjoy yeah. and savor. So, uh, so yeah, for for the pub, I'd probably look to Del Maggie just because the prices are better than some of some of them. Uh, but I would definitely look to uh, an Espadin, uh, which is for the particular type of agave plant. It's the most common. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say it's the most common in the sense it's basic. It's it's uh there's a difference between um agave plants that are harvested and those that are wild 
Yeah. Uh, and when you start to get out into the remote parts of uh, Oaxaca, um, you've got plants growing off the sides of, of hills and rocky bits. And, and A, that's not really sustainable to be trying to strip mine those. And that is a big problem for mezcal. The sustain as the spirit goes in popularity, people are trying to just strip mine it all. And these plants, it's not like barley that they're seasonal, you know. Some of these plants are taking 15, 20 years before yeah, it's like, cut, it's before like cutting down a small tree, right? Before yeah. it's ready. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's not great. Um and the other the other part of this is, is, is quite a lot of the wilder mezcals are um their flavors can be a bit berserk you know you can get intense earthiness intense minerality so so for a pub i would definitely recommend uh something like an espadin equally mezcal in the pub is really difficult because people are either going to think it's mescaline and they're going to get off their faces because they've confused the words um or they're just going to go oh it's tequila uh where's my lime and salt and they're going to try yeah. and shoot it so i i don't if i was running a pub um I don't know. Unless I started to do a little bit of mezcal education in there, it's it's probably not top of my list for stocking. <laughs> yeah, we get it. It's like, anyway, you've made a recommendation anyway. There you uh, go. <laughs> you, you want to do craft beer or you want to move on? No, I'll, I'll do a quick one on craft beer. So go on then. The craft beer suggestion. You're super. You're it? super passionate about craft beer, aren't you? Right. I think. Um, I, I I love craft beer in the sense that I don't write about it. Um, I don't score it. There's a there's stress feed thinking. Just enjoy um, it. I, I, it's literally something which, if someone says, "Oh, what do you think about this?" I, I can pontificate it for about hours, but but I don't have to. So I just enjoy it. Um, I've been a home brewer for many many years, um, and I just really admire um, the links between what 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 brewing does, where fermentation is just so important, um, and what a lot of the, what I would say the craft distilleries are doing, or even some of the big boys for some of the experimentational stuff that they're realizing that, or they know and they're they're leaning into that distillation only reinforces the flavors you've created in fermentation. Mm. Mm. So all this kind of four days and done, that, I guess. But you, but you look at other cultures, uh, and and for my example, beer, just because I quite like beer too much, yeah. <laughs> and you see how much effort they put into the fermentation stage, and you realize wow a this is really important and b the incredible diversity of flavors that you can get mm. just from that one stage so yeah I, I love me some craft beer it's it's what i have at the end of the day particularly a day when i've been doing cask assessment or writing uh labels the first time writing a label was amazing <laughs> that was it just for people listening that was uh, all these sigh. ones that was a real sigh there <laughs> that's genuine it was a i reckon i reckon i've written about 200 labels now yeah um and do you, do you have to do you have to sign autographs with people yet? No. <laughs> okay. Well, well I don't we'll, want we'll to because because we'll I'll, 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 no, no, don't bother because Michael just stick another label on top of it. <laughs> Waste of time. So anyway, a beer pick. Uh, a beer pick. Um, it's not necessarily one that is uh, realistically going to be in a pub, but I'm just going to give them a shout out because they were important for me and my love of beer. Uh, and it goes to Manchester's Cloudwater. Um, right. Okay. They're fantastic brewery uh very much been doing all sorts of different styles uh but i came to them years ago when they were pioneering a uk version of what's known as a vermont style uh, a new england hazy beer uh -huh. um so you've probably seen these sort of unfined really cloudy beers uh -huh. utter fruit bombs um yeah i i, so I would you, re would you I recommend that then like so i haven't tried that so would you recommend us to get get that manchester cloud water 
Cloudwater. I'm okay. Googling find it. A, right find I tend find to a Cloudwater. I tend to stick uh, to stouts and, find, and uh, pales. Um, but I guess I've not really got into the really I super still, experimental still, stuff. Still, Still love my stouts and ales, uh, particularly as the price of things is so expensive nowadays mm. that just just buying some ales from the supermarket isn't isn't a bad shout. Um, but if you've never tried one of these sort of proper craft new wave beers, I have. Give it I a might go. have tried a couple, but I don't think I've not really. Have you got you know, a favourite? I'm, I'm seeing more and more of it these days. So Manchester Cloudwater, that's the one I'm going to get hold of. Have you got a favourite release from them? Uh, the, the problem is with a lot of these breweries is they don't do ranges they just no. do lots of different things so limited edition to, special well well one <laughs> of well. Uh, yeah yeah super uh, transparent uh, uh, <laughs> I, I mean certainly beer labels uh if, if you think some of the whiskey marketing can get a bit wanky hey is anyone taking I'm, pictures of beer cans and trees just they should be are people taking pictures of beer cans and trees or is it just but, whiskey there's, there's, if not I'll show why you not? something i'll show you something i'm seeing i'm seeing a Pull your trousers back up, Mike. People, trousers back up. People listening, people listening, won't won't be able to see this. So you just have to describe it. But but there is innovation going on in beer, and this is probably my favourite one. This is from a brewery called Northern Monk. I've heard of. So Northern here's Monk. your cam, and and I've drunk some. Right, <gasps> that's cool, isn't it? So just All people listening, of your information. Matt's pulled off the. He's pulled the label off from the can, and it's still attached, and it rolls in and out. Yeah, rolls in now. It's a sticky label. It's and essentially on the inside of the like extra information. It's like medication. All the information. You know the That's medication cool. bottles where you peel the label back and it tells you how to take it, what you need to do, and then it goes back over. That's brilliant. Well, I, think That's a good idea. I think that's cooler than having a QR code to go somewhere else. Exactly. It's, it's better it's to hold it in your code. hand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're like, scan this, go to the website, read it. Oh, do that. Never do. That's like that's <laughs> all like... of the brewing information, all the stuff actually in your hand whilst you're drinking. Oh, Much what's cooler. this? Watch this space caller. Oh, oh, is that, that going to be appearing yeah. at a new uh, Scottish distillery soon? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Mm -hmm. Like it. Right. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts on uh, whiskeys behind a pub, uh, mezcal, craft beer as well. That's right. interesting. I will. We will seek out your recommendation uh, on the on the beer for sure. I thought it seeing it would be nice to ask you what your favourite uh, Bimba release yes. has been today, if if you can say. You know, if maybe if it's a bit too, because you've had so many, maybe if it's a bit too crazy to answer. But if you can, I think there's lots of people that'd be really interested to hear what one of your favourites was. Right? I'm going to give I'm going to give you two, but for very different reasons. So, my favourite Bimba release is last year's club release, the Imperial Stout Cask. All right. And the only reason for that is that that was my project. Uh, I made that one. Um, and it came about by happenstance. I was having a beer, as we just discussed. <laughs> and I was at Brew, Brew, Brew by Numbers in Bermondsey. And I was just sitting down with my mate Danny, who does all the tech for the Dramble website. And a guy comes along with a baby strapped around his shoulders in a Brew by Numbers branded baby grow and says, do, do you mind if I just sit with you and we do some promo photos? And I said, yeah, sure. And we got chatting, and that guy was Tom. He's the owner of Brew by Numbers, and he's a beer guy who loves whiskey, and I'm a whiskey guy who loves beer. And so so it all began. Uh, a beautiful relationship him, blossomed. I sent him six, six empty casks that we used to make uh, batch three of ex, uh, Bimba X Bourbon, batch number three. He put a roughly tufty 11% Imperial Stout into it, mm -hmm. and they produced that barrel-aged stout. I took the barrels back, 
we put some ex bourbon back into it for about 10 months mm. and then out came that whiskey um and yeah, I, I, I saw it featured on Blind Drams. Yeah. And... Actually, Mike and I yeah, both was... really liked it. Loved it. Uh, we loved it. I was so happy because Mike, said... Mike actually called it as a bimbo. Oh, a bimbo. bimbo. I, cool. I saw, and I saw, it was you, and there was one other person who just said, I'd swear this is a bimbo. And I was like, good. <laughs> good. I, actually, um, I mean, Blind, shout out also Blind to... Drams is a funny one because, yeah. you know, half, half the people on there, I, I, I don't know if they even actually really like whiskey deep down. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Now they've slated it. <laughs> yeah. So to be fair, um, I was really excited. I can't, we can't talk about this too much because obviously we already talked about it last pod, but I was really excited about doing uh, beer finished whiskeys mm. for the group. And um, it mostly got pretty low average scores. Um, and um, I found that really surprising because you know um it makes it makes the whiskey maltier mm. um and um generally i liked all of them but then i wasn't tasting them blind but also i'm pretty sure there were some floral notes in that imperial stuff. yes and i found that yes you don't get those that much in whiskey and i just felt that that was pretty cool and i, I kind of like the flavor profile when i had that and i had already tried that at a, a bimba distillery tasting um you know uh, uh when i tried it I tried it the first time. I was like, yeah, maybe this is all right. And then I went back to it because we were allowed to have another pour and I got a bit more free time just to get to know it. And then I was like, this is excellent. And then I called up and somebody at the city was very helpful and they managed to source me um, a couple of bottles for it for Blind Drams uh, because it's no longer on sale sort of generally. Um, I was really excited about that. That's why I put it fourth in the lineup. But um, I think that our learnings from that generally were that people didn't, didn't appear to be too much into stout finishes. But... I think often people are after kind of sherried whiskies, and I hadn't put in your sort of classic peated whiskies really, which people are often after in the second half of the flight. So um, yeah, that's my my bad. Beer finished beer finished whiskies are a they're not everyone's bag because not everyone likes the flavors of beer, and b they're not what people think. And I think my Bimber Imperial Stout is an example of that in the. It has picked up quite a lot of that sort of dark chocolate malt, that roastiness, cocoa, those type of notes. But even surprising to me is it's picked up what I would identify as some of the hop character in right. those sort of floral grassiness. Mm-hmm. And I find that absolutely fascinating because stouts don't have that much hops no. in. Um, no. You know, you're only using hops when you're doing the boil. So, so when you're making beer, you have effectively, unless you're getting really bonkers with it you have two stage for hopping so you, you have the boil um so you wet hops and then you have afterwards during ferment or after ferment or at some point then you dry hops stouts only add you know tend to add a very light sort of bittering hop in into the boil so the fact that you know that that beer had been in there the hops are there but they're, they're so at the back and yet when you put the whiskey cask in there the whiskey in there mm. yeah okay there's the roastiness there's the chocolate oh where where's that floralness from it, yeah, it's literally it from? from the hops and uh, that surprised me that it, it managed to pick up and extract that yeah and, and that's going to be an interaction with the particular compounds mm-hmm. that are within uh the beer and the hops mm-hmm. and their interaction with both the wood and the spirit that it wants to extract those over and above other flavors and i and i i found that personally fascinating do you think it's because I'm, it's maybe like the the, the spirit obviously has pushed far more into wood than beer even if it was aged in cask ever would it's getting probably things out of the wood that it wouldn't normally interact with it's just going to create something a bit crazy 
Probably. Uh, the spirit, you're right, Mike. It needs to be higher, high, the, the higher the ABV, the better in what's been in the cask, isn't it, generally? Yeah. You don't want to have too low too, too yes. low ABV. So the stout's better, isn't it, really? That's what that's what I thought, yeah. but it turns out that people were... Hmm. Um, I think people liked the IPA the best, didn't they? Anyway, what's the other... We, we loved it. What's the... And we, and we we can legitimately say that, other, you know, but yeah. what was the other whiskey that you... Uh, that you so... Uh, Super the one I'm going to pick. So, so that that one uh, was my pick simply because it was my baby. Uh, but I'll give you a pick for the question that you're asking. Uh, and my pick is another Southport one, but it's the first one, which I think from memory was mm. cast one two six. It's behind me somewhere. I think it was that one. You can look it up. I think it was about that. Our first Southport festival exclusive one two seven. Oh, so okay. close. Cast number one two seven. Um. American Oak ex-bourbon cast. Um, those of people who know me will know that um, although I like playing around with casks and uh, I hate all wine casks other than the ones that are amazing. <laughs> oh, uh, you, you literally said wine cast perverts, which I thought was an interesting Wine cast side perverts. Wine yeah. cast perverts. I'm hiding, uh, all wine I'm cast hiding perverts. again. Mike's one of those. He's he literally says to me sometimes. He goes, Duncan, I just love I just love wine cast finishes." And I'm like, "Why? That's just crazy." Just shove everything in a Rioja barrel. Yes. It feels like it feels like playing Russian roulette, um, where only one of the six bullets. So so five of the six are bullets, and one is a free bullet. You know, not got a bullet in it. That's what wine casks is like. And you literally five and six times you're shooting yourself in the head. It's just too risky. I think it's risky, um, and I think it's risky for two things. Number, um, and Mike's right. You know, you stick stick a Rioja barrel, and you get all of it, <laughs> and that for me is the problem. You get all of the acidity, and a lot, mm. lot of people talk about acidity, um, but but you do hear people talking about tannins, and yeah, that's my problem with wine casts. Uh, I often find them that they are they're so overexposed to that wine that the level of acidity and the level of tannins is just compounded. And I just find them like the flavor. I don't find the flavors unpleasant. I, I don't want to drink a pint of water after having a dram because my mouth is so dry. I, I just don't no. want that. I'm going to, Mike, I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says whiskey pervert on it. because <laughs> It's now official. I'm just trying to justify it. <laughs> what's wrong with Mike? What's wrong with your palate? Somebody, somebody like Matt. No, everyone's a... palate's different. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't say that. Anyway, um, <laughs> Back, back to bourbon. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so many different mm. casts out there. Uh, I, I honestly think in, in some ways that those horizons of whiskey have, have, have been well tapped. Mm. You know, the days of we did this, we moved it to that, we put it in this. I don't think there's much more for the whiskey industry to do in that realm. Um, mm. let, let's see what the industry comes up with in terms of true innovation forwards. Um, but anyway, my, my palate has steadily developed over the years. And although I do like, you know, the occasional foray, even into uh, an occasional surprisingly acceptable perverted wine cask, my general <laughs> um, mainstay is bourbon. Uh, yeah. Normally, feel bourbon. Um, and I, I, and I, 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 I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and it just seems to be not not... It's a generalization, you know, it's not everybody, but it just seems to be a lot of people like, yeah, when I was younger, I liked this, and then I liked this, and I liked this. And and then gradually, as I've I've got into drinking whiskey for like the third decade, I've just settled down, and I just think bourbon's where it's at, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, my pick for the bimba that I like the most is, yeah, it's it's not the bimba that I think's the best. It's the one I like the most. So this is Cask 127, bottled for the first ever Southport Whiskey Festival. I think it was the first. Um. This was selected by the members of, of Southport Whiskey Club. Um, 
although I did get to try them before they did, and I was just thinking, I hope they pick Cast One Two Seven. I really <laughs> hope they do, because if because if they don't, they're they're being quite silly here. And so when they came back with One Two Seven, I I was oh. Breathe a Thank sigh of relief. I yeah. do like um, your cast selection, like little sessions, by the way. I've done one that was brilliant. Thank you. Um, so it, it's one of those casts that was one of the early ones that, that Bimba made when we moved from steel fermenters into wooden washbacks. And the nice. difference between those two types of casks is, I wouldn't say it's night and day, but I'd say it's stark. The difference in fermentation the the interaction you're getting the malolactic fermentation with the bacteria Oof, malolactic forming S, malolactic secondary fermentation marketing with word the start <sighs> science word uh, but I might market it um, with the bacteria that's in the wood with the wild yeast the difference in terms of I'll keep it simple for you Mike the fruity Thanks. flavors um, is is enormous and so this was one of the first whiskies that we we released that that was from those custom-made wooden washbacks um and yeah i just find it delightful it was the first one that we released first one i tried and i was like wow i'm glad we spent all the time and the effort to mm. make these wooden washbacks so so that that's my pick because it was a real moment where this bimber whiskey is quite good let's let's tweak this let's do this wow next you know the next step the next step up i'm going to push you again though because you said it's not the best so i want to know what that is uh I mean, there's two answers to that, as, as always. It's the best is always... Don't say all of them. Don't say all of them. That's <laughs> a cop-out. That's a real cop-out. And, and, and I'm not going to say that. that. That's a rubbish answer. And, yeah, it, and excellent. it simply wouldn't be true. Um, I'm going to say the the best one that I've tried, if if I take my bimba hat off and mm. just be me, uh, it's possibly cast number 11. So it hasn't been re- released yet. It's just turned seven years old. So I've been blabbing around on the internet about why Bimber at seven years old is worth blabbering about on the internet mm. for. Um, and yeah, it's just reaching a level of maturity where again, it's, it's, it's like moving from the, the steel to the wooden washbacks. It's just the next step up. So, yeah. um, and that doesn't in some way surprise me, you know, there's a five-year-old whiskey. Okay. This, this, this is very decent. Seven is not a youngster anymore. Is that old at seven years old? Is it, is it to ask, is that just going to be um, ex bourbon? as well or are you gonna are you gonna do anything with that what's you're not, you're not decided yet, you can't say we don't mind either way i mean but you know um i'm going to say we haven't decided and i can't say it's not mm. just ex-bourbon there are there is some sherry of that age as well so there's mm-hmm. a few casks okay um i mean as with every distillery we we could bottle it all up and probably sell it all tomorrow um happy yeah. days disappear off but that's not what we're about we we want to see what this tastes like at at seven, at ten, yeah. at fifteen, at twenty, and so when people are saying, "Oh, could you do this? Could you do that?" the answer is yes, and and we will. But if we do it all for you now, we won't have Nothing anything left. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, are, are you going to see cask eleven? At some point, you will. Uh, it's is, so is interesting, but the but but, but, but for people, but for people to remember cask eleven, that's all they need to remember. If you're looking out for bin releases in the future really and you see cask eleven, get on it now. Yeah. Matt, just to give you a wee break there for a second, and and on the theme of um, wine, uh, <laughs> wine casks, I'm just going to share re- one of the most disappointing whiskies I've ever tried was um, uh, a 1988 Glenelaki Rioja, 31 year old, uh, just totally flat, one of the shortest finishes I've ever had, um, not much going on at all, and I think it was like 550 quid a bottle. Was it something. finished in Rioja? No, I think it was entire maturation Rioja. Yeah. Well. 
Yeah. No, I know, but yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, right? I'm not, I'm just oh. saying, because you've got to try these things, haven't you? I think it was part of a tasting set or something. It wasn't, I wasn't the bottle. It was just I was going to say, set. you don't have to try it for that price. <laughs> no, it was, it was part of a tasting yeah, set. Try I, it. I'd be fuming. <laughs> So we thought we'd um, mix it up a little bit. You mentioned that you're really into um, to horror films. So just in case anybody oh. um, uh, listening is in, I like horror films, by the way. My wife and I, if we if we have to choose a film to watch together, we would sit down and watch a horror movie most of the time. Um, and it does get really hard to find new good horror movies to watch. Ooh. And you have to watch a lot of bad horror movies to find any good ones. Are, are, so, you, are you into cult horror movies, Matt? Or is it like mainstream all of them no. okay um no I, I wouldn't some are mainstream but a lot of what i'm watching is this veritable b-movie stuff or undiscovered or all of it, all so, of it. Some I, of it I haven't cinema, said this to duncan before but my father-in-law is a uh works in the sort of film world and uh is a producer right. and he works for a company called four digital media and they are okay. um cult horror should we say to say the least i think right one of the latest releases was uh night of the killer bears and it's uh ted meets terrifier i feel like it might be right up your street <laughs> it's out there matt's actually matt's actually got up off his chair to Unless, go and get the yeah, he's, he's, gone, gone. he's gone to get the poster off the wall <laughs> to, to go get, get so- my bear he's yeah. going to get it the poster of the bear and the bear to get, to get my bear so what would you, what would you, what's been, you know, um, what have you watched recently? You've been like, this is, you've got to watch this if you're into horror. All right. So uh, my most recent pick, and it's still a few months old, because as we've all agreed, most horror films are naff. Yeah. But that's the love of horror films, watching loads and yeah. loads of naff to, to get to the gems. My my gem at the minute, I think it's about a year or so old, um, but I watched it fairly recently. It's a film called Barbarian. Right. Okay. Um, and it's one of those where, the the environment is frankly the horror uh, and it's a house uh, it's people stuck in a house um but it's smart it's witty um it's not quite as good as get out which I yeah, i've seen get out is one of yeah. one of the best horror films of the last decade um but yeah barbarian yeah. is an amazing film um another pick from a couple of years ago um by brandon cronenberg who is um david cronenberg's son a beer maker good good film, pedigree films yeah. Uh, he made a film called... I can think Possessor. of 1,664 reasons to watch it. <laughs> Go on. Possessor. Um, Possessor. Possessor, which is a fascinating uh, sci-fi horror film uh, following his father's body horror um, stock about uh, an alternative future where uh, the technology exists that you can enter other people's minds. And so it has been adopted by shady government agencies to con- uh, conduct hits so that the person no. possesses another person's body, mm. uses it to kill someone, then kills himself, and there is absolutely no trail of that hit happening. Uh, and their most successful assassin, um, who's been doing it for years, unfortunately has been doing it so much that she starts to confuse who she is and who she is in, and it's an, an amazing sci-fi horror film. So I've written both those two down. I haven't seen those, although those, obviously those I've, seen, good. I've seen Get Out, um, obviously, right? At the other end of the spectrum, a few nights ago, I watched Halloween Ends, and I'm glad it did because it was <laughs> totally naff, <laughs> utterly naff. It fu- uh, Halloween, it finally ends. 
Part yeah. two. But, but does it? But does <laughs> no, it? Part, two, be part yes. two. To be continued. The thing with, yeah, the thing with horror is there's so many subgenres in horror, isn't it? But but generally mm-hmm. speaking, um, most of them have very predictable plots. It's the ones where maybe they catch you out and they manage to um, to evoke yeah, some, kind of, some kind of um, fear or scariness or, or just put you on edge a bit. They're the ones that I love really it. bring the magic, right? Yep. Yeah. Mike's holding up a bottle of, is it Apogee? Apogee. 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 Yeah. I'm, I'm putting Matt. It's quite a hip hop name, that one, isn't it? Apogee. Lovely bottle. So Apogee. Apogee, Apogee will be We back. could do a rap for it for your marketing if you want. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Your Let's songs get are ready legendary, to Apogee. Um, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Mike's got such dry humor. <laughs> so Ap- Apogee's been out of stock for a little while. We sold out all of the uh, the original 20 odd thousand bottles, which is great. Oof, that's a but, big run, isn't it? Twenty thousand. It's not bad. It's not, it was really, really popular in Europe. Loved it. Um, I got a little bit fed up with people saying, "Not just is it apogee, is it apogee?" And I said, oh, "It's apogee." And they're like, "Okay, but but what?" Ixi? I say, "What?" Ah, right, the what, number. What's what's ixi? And I'm like, "It's not ixi. That's that's twelve. <laughs> so long story long story short, on, honestly. Honestly, uh, yeah. you're going to put twelve on the label next time. Yeah, we, we, we've got some, it we've got some new ones coming, got, and we're just we're, we're going to just put bigger. twelve on it because because yeah. I'm tired of Ixy. Oh, yeah, well, amazing. that's a shame, isn't it? But that's what happens these days. You know, people just don't. <laughs> so we just don't understand stuff anymore. Was that was that your um, way of getting Bimber out there? We obviously we touched on flippers earlier. Is that your way of getting the spirit out there to everyone? Well, this is this is a blended blended no, whiskey, isn't it? No, because it's, it's a... not our no, it's not our whiskey. Is it not? Um, it's just a boy. It's, yeah, it's is not it no in there. No, it's just it's a marked bowl. Mike, didn't know that. Supposed to be a fanboy. Unbelievable. Malts. Go into it. Sourced. You didn't read. You didn't read the label, which just just proves to me that most of my job writing things is pointless. Uh, it's sourced malt. That we that we have uh, blended into a recipe that we are happy with, and then we've matured it in ex bimba ex bourbon casks. Which, what I wished we'd done is just saved some of the original recipe and just provided it in special packs with a miniature. Yeah, Uh, because people say, well, how how much influence has has finishing in bimba casks have? And massive Uh, the color. Aroma, the spice, yeah, massive, absolutely massive, massive difference. But no, we so so it's 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 not really getting bimber out there because it's not bimber. Um, <laughs> as a distillery, we do not make that much. We only make fifty thousand LPA a year, barrel a day. Um, we need to get out into the market. We we do need we need revenue to expand and enlarge. Uh, once Dunfail in Scotland is finished and up and running and all on its way um we are back to looking at moving bimba not far um ideally as close to where we are now but in a premises that's bigger so what, we do what, need revenue for that what are people what are people going to do what are people going to do if they've got if they need to get their car fixed at the same time and they're swinging by the distillery that's so unthoughtful <laughs> of you i know i'm so sorry you're not thinking about the customers with damaged cars <laughs> Equally, um, there was an iconic site outside the distillery for several years of the burnt-out car, um, which you knew were <laughs> yeah. Bimba. If, 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 if the, and even that's gone now. They finally moved it. Um, no, I read online a few people saying, oh, they're doing it because they need the money to fund Dunfail. 
and I haven't responded to that, but but no, that 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 would be money laundering. Dunfail is, although myself and Darius are involved, it is a completely separate distillery, and you can't raise money from one and just sort of pass it under the table to the other. No. That, and I guess that's not how the real world works. Your money raising there, well, not solely, but you got the Darv away. Don't know if you want to touch on those. Yeah, yeah. So they're, oh, they're beautiful labels, me. beautiful labels on those, by the way. Thank like, you. Really, um, I think that is definitely part of what's you know like they're just stunning so i yeah. think that that goes a long way to, to making people really want to try the whiskey and there's nothing wrong with that right because it's just beautiful no, artwork no it's uh, people for, for better or worse people do drink with the eye and certainly when they're looking on shelves you know looking to make a decision you need to stand out so no mm. thank you guys um yeah so the dive away is my little project and yeah it raises some money for for dumb fail but it, it's primarily there to raise the profile of dumb fail um we won't have whiskey there for years um uh, i'm not going to tell you about my wood policy for dumb fail yet because i'm going to write a blog post all about it so i won't mm -hmm. spoil it but effectively you're not going to see um sort of really young three-year-old dumbfell whiskey i don't think i think i think we're going to be sitting a little bit longer to get to get exactly what we're looking for from that setup and from the floor malting that we're doing there um but equally um we do need people to know that we're there we want people to visit we want people to come and see us we, we need to start building the brand and so the dove away is really to do that and yeah it raised a bit of money but but let's be clear i i i know that i almost signed off on uh, 1.8 million paper clips for you guys. Yeah, I was um, going to say you shut yeah. down our funk. You shut down our funk funk uh, independent bottling. I didn't. Company. No, no, no. Earlier. I didn't. I, I I was happy to happy to put trees. Yeah, it was an unreasonable like bon bonsai bonsai trees. I know. Yeah, bonsai trees into the box. Well, I think trees. there's a, I think there's um, something there. <laughs> probably I mean, bonsai trees in the box. There's there's something there for Instagram. I I would say um, if you are new to independent bottling, uh, such as we are, we're we're an odd one, you know. You get bottlers who are opening distilleries. I think we're the only distillery who've started the bottling operation. Mm. But I would say to you guys, in all honesty, um, there's sod all money in it. Um, right. If you are Gordon McPhail, uh, Adelphi, um, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, if you are playing the long game and you're sitting on thousands and thousands of casts that you have bought from Spirit, mm. absolutely, Easy. there is there is business and money to be made. If you are a bottler who is buying, effectively, as I'd say, hand-to-mouth, mm. uh, you are buying casts that are ready to go or almost ready to go and you're manipulating or not and then bottling, mm. um, the amount of money that there is available to make is a lot lower than a lot of people think. Yeah. A lot of people think that there's – it's just and, – and they think it's easy. No. Well, you just find a cask of whiskey. Mm. I like this. Bottle it. I, I've um, looked at doing I, independent bottling and the red tape, Alone. I haven't, because I, I just enjoy drinking. No. I, wrote a, I wrote a blog post on this, and I, I basically sort of start my introductory paragraph basically saying, right, I've just launched an independent bottler. I now need to go into therapy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is, <laughs> and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, but it is bloody difficult. If you want to raise capital, I would suggest it's probably better to open a doggy day a doggy daycare centre. Just yeah. be creaming it in, 45 quid a day. You know, 40, 50 dogs turning up, two to three staff. Give them a whiskey like, each. Level it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, whiskey, the other whiskey option, for the staff, uh, and they'll be away, right? 
as I said at the beginning, you know, I, I own a lot less now. I've I've moved into whiskey, so so you should do what I do and is start an OnlyFans. <laughs> that's that's where the money that's where the money's at. I love um, it. I think we've we've probably chatted so long today that we probably uh, are in danger of running into two parter. So we will find we could do that. We could split this into two parts and put it out there for people. First part and the second part. Yeah, mate. I think that's a really good idea. Um, so what I'll do if we cut it there, I'll uh, I'll make sure I edit this down. We'll split it up into two parts. So this will be part one. Um, so thanks for listening today, guys. And yes, yeah, stay tuned. We'll let you know when part two is coming out. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one.